Who are you waving at, Andy? No one. Let's go do this podcast on our own again. It is Tuesday, April 19th, and we are going on with our second edition of Andy Clips. I'm Andy Finn, joined by absolutely nobody again, uh, doing another quick 15-minute episode because the feedback was so great from those that listened uh, Monday night. I've got a short list for you guys tonight. Might not make it 15 minutes, but we'll see where we go with it. Uh, We're going to start off with UFC. Uh, This past weekend, there was some controversy with uh, some UFC calls and illegal strikes. There was two separate fights where we saw an illegal strike thrown, and one ended with the fight ending right then and there, and another one was a point deduction. And this has become a big topic now for a lot of fighters chiming in, Uh, A lot of UFC fans saying, hey, we got to get this fixed. There's something wrong with this right now because why does one illegal strike stop a fight and the other is just a point deduction based on where the fight's at? We saw in a uh, title bout with Aljamain Sterling and Peter Jan where it ended the bout. Jan loses his belt to Sterling from an illegal knee. Uh, We did have another illegal knee this past weekend with a fighter that had his hand on the ground. He was just coming up, but it gives you that gray area of, hey, if a fighter has one finger on the ground, there's still a ground opponent. You can't throw a knee to the head. The other one was a what they're calling accidental elbow to the back of the head. Now, when you're in the octagon, and there's a lot of guys coming out here and saying, uh, you're in the octagon and you're throwing a punch, it's not accidental. You're not throwing anything by accident. You're throwing a punch on purpose. Your intent is to injure. And you are responsible for where that punch lands no matter what. You should have the control of knowing where it's going. If it hits, strikes the opponent in the back of the head and injures them and they end up not being able to continue, so be it. You lose the fight. Now, there are guys that go down. They go down to the octagon and you know we're guilty of saying, hey, stay down. You'll win the fight now. But it all depends on where the fight is at. If it's two rounds and you're winning... You can throw an illegal uh, illegal strike and win the fight. We all know in the UFC, you can win a fight in the split second. You can be down 2-0. We saw Derek Lewis do it against uh, Alexander Volkov. He was losing and won the fight with 10 seconds left. It was 14 minutes and 50 seconds of Volkov and 10 seconds of Derek Lewis, and he wins that fight. So they're talking a lot about, hey, what do we need to do to fix this? How do we move forward from these illegal strikes? It's a big gray area. I'm happy I'm not a decision maker in this because it's not going to be fun to be the one that has to enforce these rules. But hopefully they get this right and make it a little bit more better for the fighters uh, moving forward. Now, we do have a UFC card this weekend. We have Amanda Lemos and Jessica Andre fighting in the main event. That's not the fight I want to talk about today. I've got Tanner Boser and Alexander Romanoff. This fight is close. It's really close to where they don't even have a line out for it yet. Uh, Romanov coming uh, into UFC. He's 4-0 in the UFC. Three in those coming via finish. Two submissions and a knockout. Uh, Tanner Boser, he does have a handful of losses, but those coming to Cyril Cyril Gan, Ilir Latifi, and Andre Arlovsky, all reputable fighters. Uh, His last win coming over OSP. My guess is this is going to be an awesome fight to watch. It's the third fight on the main card via ESPN+. Plus. If you're a fight fan, definitely go in and tune into this one. I'll try to touch on a few more fights throughout the week. 
uh, as I continue to do these episodes on my own. Uh, we're going to touch a little bit of NFL draft before we get to that in football. Big news today in the NHL world, or I believe it came out la- late last night, Marshawn Lynch and Macklemore becoming my- minority owners of the Seattle Kraken, which is awesome. Uh, great to see Marshawn Lynch out there even more, and, the- and he's in the hockey world. He signs the, you know, signs on to ownership. There are no details on how much of ownership him and Macklemore both have, but then they show, of course, Marshawn Lynch. What's he do? Jumps out on the Zamboni, starts doing donuts out on the ice, whipping the thing around in true Marshawn Lynch fashion. So Marshawn Lynch, uh, he's excited. You know, he, he's he got this big campaign going um, to, you know, be more involved. And it's awesome that he's doing this in Seattle where he made a name for himself uh, in the NFL. Um, so excited to see what the Kraken can do with Marshawn Lynch and Macklemore in the ownership group. On the NFL, Browns fans, we got more from Baker today. Actually, we didn't get anything from Baker today because Baker didn't show up. I've been a huge Baker fan. I have thought fought tooth and nail for Baker Mayfield. I wanted him to be the guy, but I am officially turning the page, closing the book. I want nothing more to do with him. Deshaun Watson shows up. It's all smiles. He's there in the snow. He's having a good time. You know, day one, he's our guy moving forward. Is he going to play right off the bat? Is there going to be some sort of suspension for him? Possibly. We've got the backups in place. I don't know who the number one backup would be that we go to, but there are options out there. So Baker, no show, unfortunately, today. Um, We'll see where this goes moving forward. Now, we do have the NFL draft coming up in a couple weeks. I think we're two weeks and two days away from it starting um, a couple prospects. I wanted to go one on offense, one on defense every day that I kind of want to focus in on and uh, talk a little bit about them. These aren't guys. I think the Browns will end up getting. I think these are guys that are just going to be fun to watch at some point in the NFL. The first one, the defensive side is the defensive tackle out of Georgia, Jordan Davis. This is a big boy coming out six, six, almost six, seven, 341 pounds. This guy ran the 40 in the fastest time of D-tackle since 2006. He ran in a 4.78. This guy's going to demand double teams. If you got him one-on-one in a run block, you're going to be in trouble. Run to the other side, run away from him. While he's on the field, he's going to draw a lot of attention. But that's the thing. While he's on the field, how long is he going to be able to be able to stay on the field for? In college, he only averaged 25.2 snaps per game in his final season. So he's got to get that conditioning up. He's got to get in the weight room. He does unfortunately have to trim down a little bit, turn a little bit of that bolt, that fat in the muscle. If he's able to do that, this guy's going to be danger on the defensive tackle side. On the offensive side, this is a guy that I do think the Browns might have a chance to get, depending on how far he falls in the draft. Wide receiver out of Arkansas, Traylon Burks. Not the biggest wide receiver, only sitting at 6'2", but weight-wise, he's got the bulk. He's 225. Um, this is big boy. I think his hands required a five XL glove, which he didn't even make. They had to make custom gloves for this guy because his hands are so big. He's able to snatch the ball out of the air, catch on the run. And that's where he accelerates after his yards after catch are significant. He did run a four, five, five in the 40 at the combine, you know, tall, big, let's see what he can turn into as a, you know, 
wide receiver, you know, one of those rookie wide receivers. What can he do? They're not thinking he's going to be a number one come NFL time. He's going to be a solid number two, whatever team he ends up landing on. But a solid deep deep ball threat. Let the guy go up and get the football. Now, the fun one. This is, uh, you know, we put this on the Instagram story, and we're going to talk a little bit about this. Uh, again, this isn't going to be the longest episode. I kind of ran through everything really quick, but we've got our top five worst team names in sports history. Good old Kurt Angle. All right, so we had a, some people reach out. I threw it in the Instagram story kind of late. I gave everyone a couple hours to get their answers in. To those that did, thank you. This is a fun list. Uh, tomorrow, if you're listening today, tomorrow we're going to do top five worst fans to be around at a sporting event. It could be anything. I've got my ideas of how I want to make my list, but there are the worst people that you can sit around or sit next to at a sporting event. So from our fans, we've got a couple that reached out. Um, Anthony Filippi in no particular order. Not a big fan of the Sox. White Sox, Red Sox, Colts, which he's the only one that had Colts, Blue Jays, Toronto Blue Jays, and the Utah Jazz. Again, in no particular order. Uh, these guys responded to the Instagram story. Taylor Branisil just said Guardians, and that was it. He didn't give four others. It was just Guardians. Brian Noggle, he gave us four of them. Not a big fan of uh, the teams up in Canada. He had the Montreal Canadiens on there. In no no order, the Montreal Expos, Oakland Athletics, and the Cleveland Guardians. I almost had the o- Oakland Athletics on my list. I think almost Oakland A's is just better. Leave off the Athletics. There's really no mascot behind it. Their mascot's an elephant. You know, they, they used to be the Philadelphia Athletics. They moved out there. Um, so be it. Uh, the ones that did rank them, the first one I got, Sam Pate. He's got Washington football team at number five. They are now the commanders, though. Uh, Cleveland Browns coming in at number four. This one was surprising. The Minnesota Wild. Sam is a Minnesota fan, but he does not like the name Minnesota Wild. What are they? The St. Louis Blues at number two, and the Cincinnati Reds coming in at number one for him. I'll go with uh, Mark's next. Mark, the man in the middle. He sent me a handful before he gave me his final answers. He's going back and forth on this. I, I agree with a lot of the ones Mark had on his list. He had at number five, the Orlando Magic. Not really sure what you would name an Orlando team, but I wouldn't really think it would be Magic. Uh, number four, he had the Washington Wizards. Number three, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Number two, Minnesota Wild coming out again. And number one, Utah Jazz. So there's a lot of dislike for the Utah Jazz. Uh, Will's list. Will was pretty quick with his. Washington Nationals at number five. San Francisco 49ers at number four. Philadelphia 76ers at number three. I really just think Will doesn't like the 76ers. Number two, he had the Cleveland Guardians. And coming in at number one, the Washington Commanders. And then for my list, I went back and forth a lot on my list. Um... I'm going to give the reasons behind mine because it's my list. I don't know why everyone else picked what they did, but so be it. So coming in at number five, I had the Nashville Predators. Uh, Their 
mascot is a saber tooth tiger or something along that line. Not how sure how that ties to the city in Nashville, but there's only really two predators I know of. Uh, one is from the Arnold Schwarzenegger films, and the other one has sweaty hands when he comes and knocks on your door, and he's got bad news. He's got to tell you that he's living down right down the road from you. So uh, bad name for a sports team, the Predators. Uh, number four, I have the Anaheim Ducks. Not sure how Ducks tie to Anaheim. It was awesome when the movies were out in the 90s. They made the Stanley Cup that first year. Uniforms were awesome. Maybe that would be their saving grace, but their uniforms are pathetic now. They could have been really cool if they kept that old hockey mask, that white mask with the holes in it, with the hockey sticks behind it. Instead, they're just the Ducks with a D footprint on it. Uh, number three, I'm with you guys, Minnesota Wild. I don't really understand how that ties to Minnesota, what the Wild really are. I think their mascot is a bobcat or a cougar or something. They're wild. They could have been anything else. They chose the Wild up there. Number two for me, the Washington Commanders. Uh, not a big fan of this one. I I think it's lazy. I think it was something off EA Sports created team. It could have been way better, but they settled on the commanders. I don't know if you guys watched it, but there was people day one waiting outside of the team shop coming up with the awful jingle that sounded like one of the uh, insurance commercials or something. Watching that clip really made me want to eat glass. And number one, Utah Jazz. Uh, As baseball said, the Jazz moved out to Utah. Well, they don't allow jazz music. I don't understand why Utah is called the Jazz. They could have been anything else, but they settled on Utah Jazz for some reason. So there's my top five. I got my ideas floating around for tomorrow when it comes to our top five worst people to sit next to at a sporting event. It could be any event. Uh, think of what upsets you as you're at a game. Send them to me. I'll read them out on here. If you want to give your explanation to why or if you have an experience, I'll be more than happy to read it out. Again, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I'm going to keep doing these throughout the week. If you want to jump down here and help me out Wednesday through Friday, I would be more than happy to have you down here. See what it takes to uh, get on the mic, talk a little bit, hear yourself in the headphones, go through all the prep, and have a beer with me. How about that? We're going to leave it here with our good friend, Scott Hall. Take it away, brother. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do.